You're listening to the Townsville Chambercast. Essential information, ideas and news that matters to the business community of Townsville. We would like to thank our show partner, Adits, for making this podcast possible. Adits are a local IT provider with one purpose, to implement effective technology solutions which empower their customers to achieve their mission. You can find out more about how they can support you and your business over on their website, adits.com.au. A-D-I-T-S dot Saturday's historic test doubleheader at Queensland Country Bank Stadium had the potential to capture the attention of 45 million rugby fans worldwide. As massive as the day was with the Wallabies, Argentina, All Blacks and Springboks on the menu, how successfully it runs can hook an even grander event. Australia is to put forward 12 stadium picks from around the country within its Rugby World Cup 2027 document that World Rugby will make a decision on early next year. Logistics like how close team hotels are to the ground on game days, the distance between hotels, gyms and pools for training, fan zone options and what accommodation there is for fans all weigh into suitability. Today, Townsville Chamber CEO Ross McLennan sits down with Australian Rugby Union President David Cody to discuss all of this and more. Welcome, Ross and David. Thanks very much, Claire, and uh, thanks for joining us today, David. Mate, as the current president of Australian Rugby, Townsville's been blessed, I guess, over the last couple of months. You know, we had the Oceana Sevens up here and, and the recent rugby championships, and we've been fortunate enough to get you here twice to our beautiful city, and thought it'd be great to sit down with you and have a bit of a chat uh, on our, our chamber cast. But what's been your first impressions of, of Townsville, mate, these last couple of visits? Well, it's the, the epicentre of, uh, of sport in Australia um, and especially especially rugby, as you said, Ross, with the uh, Oceana Sevens and then obviously the Rugby Championship moving moving there uh, last weekend. Um, from an overall point of view, I hadn't been to Townsville for a little while, to be honest, and um, just talking to people, just, you know, walking around, getting a, getting a feel for, for the area, it's just... Um, it's got a can-do attitude. I mean, I know that sounds a little trite, but it's very much about, well, yeah, look, things get thrown at us, we handle it. I mean, the pandemic's been thrown at everyone, the COVID pandemic, but I think Townsville's just got on with what they have to do. So very positive. I've got a very, very positive vibe, very aspirational tone in all the conversations I have with a lot of Townsville people. Yeah, and that's that's fantastic. And I mean, obviously, the you, you know the major reschedule uh, of the uh, the rugby championship this year. You know, Townsville uh, secured over twenty three thousand people at at Queensland Country Bank Stadium to watch ultimately what was what was probably the the best double header bill with you know All Blacks versus South Africa, the hundredth hundredth year since they've played, and then of course Australia and Argentina to follow. Were those crowds and numbers, and that was that in expectations of of, of what Australian rugby was was hoping for? Well, if you <laughs> If you were to ask um, some of the officials from the other countries about what their crowd expectations were, given they've been playing in front of no crowds, especially obviously in Argentina and uh, in South Africa, they would have said if we had one person in the crowd, it would have been a step up on, on what they'd had previously, Ross. But look, Rugby Australia, we've, you can't get too, ca- too ahead of yourself as far as crowd numbers because so much can change on the day. Now, the event itself was an, was an incredible thing. Top three top rugby sides in the world. The whole of the rugby world watching. 
effectively. I mean, it was just it was just incredible. And I know that there was a lot of discussion um, amongst people at the game with, that I was talking to about the the numbers of people that were going to view the game. Not not only the spectators of just over twenty three thousand live, but in terms of um, viewership, broadcast viewership. And there was a real argy bargy discussion between the forty five million, which was mentioned earlier, to a hundred million. And someone's then corrected and said, well, I think it's forty five million first views and then multiple second views or whatever else. Now, whichever way you cut it, they're big numbers. Yeah, it's mind boggling, really, isn't it? When you when you sort of break those break those numbers down. I remember seeing the you know the eighty eight hundred and fifty seven million for the for the Rugby World Cup, uh, and then. But what I thought was interesting and fascinating about those numbers is it's not just the countries that are playing that are actually divulging this information. It's 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 all the other rugby nations around the world watching the the best teams play. Absolutely, absolutely, and and there's a few reasons for that. One that you'll have fans of of, of those four teams that were playing on Saturday around the world but you'll also have other teams that are competitors of those four teams keeping an eye keeping an eye on the opposition with a view to uh, the world cup in 2023 yeah yeah and the the wallabies obviously were based here uh, they they come in a little early and and did some amazing work in our community and, and things but you know I, I heard on on social media and and also on on um, just chats and tv after the game they they're all commenting on the you know the the Townsville Cowboys uh, Hutchinson Builders Centre for Excellence, the building and the training facilities right next to the Queensland Country Bank Stadium, but but also the fact that it was a scooter ride uh, or a light jog away from their their hotel room. Did did you get a chance to to get shown around the facilities as well while you're here and get get a feel for what the town had to offer? Well, Ross, I think um, I didn't get the opportunity because it's obviously for far more important people than me or people <laughs> that were actually were actually going to use the facilities and. Um, to say that the um, the reviews were glowing is a is a dramatic understatement. Now, can I just put this in perspective? The Wallabies based in have been based in southeast Queensland for this uh, for this campaign and, and prior to this campaign, the French series and then the the All Black um, uh, Bloodies Cup series. Um, and and can I just say where they were based? Um, um, it was pretty flash, as in the facilities that they had access to, but. This went next level in terms of those facilities that Townsville's got uh, right next to the stadium. Just incredible, and that came from not just the players who are. I think players are, you know, as long as it's you know everything's nice and nice and cosy for them, they're they're happy. But this came from a lot of you know hard-nosed um, strength and conditioning staff. In fact, I'll share one story with you. You're supposed to limit the amount of time that some players have exposure to various strength and conditioning activities, and they're supposed to go back to their hotel room and rest. But apparently, a lot of a lot of the players were encouraged by this these same SSNC people to go to this facility because it was so good and they may never get another chance at a facility like that for some time. So, uh, and they're, as I say, very hard-nosed, these, uh, these conditioning people. They thought it was wonderful. Well, fantastic. Well, make sure you feed back to them that they are obviously welcome Welcome back here to, to Townsville, and it's and it's probably a, a nice little interlude of you know it is a competitive environment. Uh, Townsville's competing for for you and and your teams uh, as well as the rest of the world here internally in Australia. But but is there is there anything sort of off the top of your head that you know that the city of Townsville or or the guys at the TDAU Townsville Rugby can do sort of keep to keep engaging with Rugby Australia to keep on this momentum that we've sort of built from the sevens and and now the Rugby Championships and the Reds obviously here earlier this year as well. Well, the answer is very simply. Yes, Ross. Um, 
in fact, I've had several discussions. Unless you're physically there, look, we can all have Zoom Zoom calls and Teams meetings and whatever else remotely. But when you're actually, you know, talking to people face to face and just getting a real feel for what opportunities they have, so there's some very concrete discussions that have already taken place since uh, since I came back uh, from Townsville on Sunday back to Brisbane, and um, and I have uh, have advised um, TDRU and TDRU people that, that some discussions are going on. Now, it's too early to see how all that will pan out, but um, I think there's definitely opportunity for us to engage more. And I'm talking about not just Rugby Australia, perhaps it's Queensland Rugby, uh, etc., but engage more with Townsville. So I, I think uh, perhaps I should say watch this space. Yeah, fan- fantastic. And and I mean, we did. We also um, we partnered up with the the Townsville District Rugby Union. Obviously, the Friday before the the big double header, uh, we had a fantastic lunch. And and uh, your counterpart from the the Springboks or the vice president from the Springboks, uh, Francois David, was invited and came along to the lunch and and really said some special words about Townsville, about the way that the the Springboks were treated when they were here, the the community and the way that they were so engaging. And I I must admit, I think I saw more South African jerseys originally. Originally, when I walked into Flinders Street on Saturday afternoon, that I did Wallabies, I was sort of wondering if I was in the wrong section. So there was there was a really good sort of bit of a vibe around here. Have you have you had a chance to speak to your counterparts from New Zealand or or Argentina as well about how they perceived the town and, and the reception they got here? Haven't had it. Haven't had a chance. I've, I've obviously spoken a lot with Francois David. As you as you said, we've um, we've been watching a lot of rugby together and mm. sitting actually right next to each other for uh, for the last three weeks. And again, that will happen this weekend as well down at uh, down on the Gold Coast, hopefully. Uh, so no, I haven't had a chance to talk to the talk to the the New Zealanders um, or the Argentinians, but I'm sure they would feel exactly the same way as Francois. And I actually spoke to some of the South African players. They were just glowing in their praise of how well they've been embraced by the community. And it was really when I walked out of the hotel to walk across to the stadium. And isn't that a wonderful thing to be able to walk to a rugby stadium to see a world class event? Just incredible. Doesn't happen in many places in the world, Ross. Um, mm. But as I walked out, uh, like you, I was struck by the atmosphere. It was an incredible. It almost was a World Cup vibe. Now I think that's probably a very good vibe to be to be uh, to see, given that if Rugby Australia is successful in winning the 2027 World Cup bid, you know Townsville has certainly put their name up in lights as far as being a host city for uh, some of those matches. Yeah, and I mean it's a look France 2023, obviously, and then um, I mean the other the big one between now and and the 27 World Cup is the the British Lions uh, tour of Australia set down for 2015 and uh, I remember you know in uh, the last time the Lions was here I got a I got a really bizarre phone call uh, one day uh, a guy rang me up and said oh uh, Roscoe, uh, we're at the Townsville train station. Is this where you live? And it was a couple of old uh, presidents from a rugby club back when I was playing uh, back in the early 2000s in England. They remembered that the Australian fly half that went over uh, lived in this sunny place called Townsville. And, um, you know, of course, I went and picked them up and I was going away for the weekend. So they had my house and car. And, and uh, obviously I came back to the house and there was food in the fridge and beer in the in the fridge. And uh, we'll see you in Brisbane in a couple of weeks. And, and you know, there was 30,000 British tourists come to Australia and, and I think they spent $150 million. Mm. You know, have you got a line of sight on, on the British Lions coming here in 25 and, and the expectations for that after this pandemic? Like it must be exciting for Australian rugby. Oh, look, I think it, I think it is. And, and the timing could just be ideal. I mean, obviously the, the pandemic is still playing out in the post-pandemic world, but that What's that going to look like for everyone, not just anyone involved in uh, in sport? But uh, the 23 
World Cup in France will be very interesting to see how that manages. And then, as I say, two years after that, the Lions here. I mean, they are just one of the enormous draw cards because it's a it's a very unique assembly of British and Irish law. It just doesn't it just doesn't happen very often, as as you know. So, uh, and the last time that tour was here, as you said, was just an incredible success. And I think that will be repeated in 2025 for sure. Yeah, no, we'll be, we'll be definitely um, putting Townsville up there in lights for for the the British line. Surely they've they've got to come here and play something at least any as well. But I mean, on to twenty twenty seven rugby world cup the challenge is um is heating up for that you know city like townsville uh, i noticed that we're already on the map uh, as a as a prospective site for, for that event you know early early feelings about the the opportunity for 2027 in australia well, as as you would appreciate, Ross, behind the behind the scenes, there's a lot of there's a lot there's a lot going on. One, Australia has to secure the 27 World Cup, and we're working very hard to do that. And we hopefully will know that within the next next few months. Our competitor, uh, major competitor, unless there's some, some something comes um, from left field, is the United States. But even the United States have in our discussions with them have indicated that they're probably not quite ready for 27 because they want to be competitive at their own World Cup. So I think they just think another another four years after after 27 would give them time to get their men's side more competitive. Their, 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 their women's 15 side is very competitive, but to get their side. So I think that's why we're, as I say, we're quietly confident, not overconfident, that we will secure that. And if we secure that, it's then Australia, you know, has run World Cups where it's been very much about engaging with as broad a scope of the population as we can. And uh, given that Townsville has a world-class stadium, given it has staged these events uh, this year and will stage more events into, into the future, I cannot see why it wouldn't be in the top venues to be considered. I mean, and it is designed as a rugby ground, albeit for another 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 code of rugby. Ostensibly, it is a rugby ground, whereas when you look at the MCG, the magnificent sporting cathedral that it is, it is designed as a as a cricket ground and an AFL ground. So well, I think those discussions will get very interesting uh, because in Queensland, as you would appreciate, we have three outstanding stadiums. Townsville, obviously in, uh, in Brisbane at, at, at Suncorp, and and down the Gold Coast at uh, at Rabina. Yeah, and I mean, obviously the the really interesting the thing that happened when when the guys were up here this week, and you know when the sevens players, I guess, were were inadvertently, I don't, I don't think stuck, but you know it was it was safer for them to stay here in a safe environment before going on to Japan uh, this year. They they really got out and started to explore our region as well, and you know the the wallabies uh, feeding wallabies on Magnetic Island. That's a, that's a pretty impressive image to to send around the world. Oh, it, it's incredible. And I mean, you can imagine people that don't understand the geography of Australia are looking at that and saying, look, I, I love my rugby. I want to go and watch rugby, whichever and whichever team I'm following. And whether that be you know, during the Lions series or the World Cup. And, and by the way, this is what I can do. So I think Townsville is going to be able to leverage off that. If they get, get allocated certain games during the tournament, you can imagine the leverage that you, that you can bring to that and, and utilise some of those images that people have already been looking at. As you say, the wallabies feeding wallabies on magnetic island i mean uh, i think it's an amazing draw card yeah yeah and just just 20 minutes off the coast and i know uh, they were doing some promo stuff earlier in the week but you know and the players also giving back to the community up here with the schools and and also some of the uh, the youth up here in townsville with linkages with the with the big military base we've got here with the with the australian army you know it's important for the community to understand as well they weren't just here playing a game of rugby they were they were selling the game of rugby and that was going worldwide as well before they actually kicked off look you're right ross and 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 dave rennie the the uh Wallaby, Wallaby's coach is very, very keen on on community engagement. As is the um, 
the Queensland Reds coach, Brad Thorne. Um, I think you realise Brad encourages in their pre-season to get out to the to the regions and spend time in the regions, both you know coaching coaching kids and working with the communities, just to engage. And when they do that, they actually get a jersey, a rugby jersey from whichever local club they've been involved with, and they take it back and it's pinned up in the uh, in the Reds team room for the whole season. So there's this array of jerseys on the wall every time they sit down to have a team meeting and they look at it because, as Brad said, you've got to know who you're playing for. And Dave Rennie, the Wallabies coach, has exactly the same thought process. You, you are playing for a lot of people from a lot of different backgrounds and from a lot of different geographies in Australia. And the more you get out and see that, because I think a lot of professional athletes are accused of living in bubbles. And, and for a certain extent, I think COVID has forced some, some bubbles upon us, Ross, unfortunately. But the more that they can get out and really connect with grassroots, rugby and general communities, the better their development as both rugby players and, and young men can be. Yeah, and I mean, and you can turn that completely on its head too and talk to the 12-year-old kid here that got to do a coaching clinic with David Campisi or, or that got to meet the Dave Rennie or, or the Wallabies player that, you know, he's watched on TV. We can't, we can't lose sight of that influence that, you know, that, that photograph or the, or the ball that's signed that sits up on the office desk or the, or the bedroom wall for the next 15 years. Uh, that, that time I got to meet a Wallabies player or, or a Reds player or a professional football and that the aspiration targets that sets. Absolutely. I mean, I think, and we've all experienced that when we were kids, we all had our, our heroes, our role models and, you know, to get something, you know, that, that really made you connect with that with that individual. I mean, it, it it means a lot. And as you say, we we want to be aspirational. You know, Australian rugby is aspirational. We have to be better than we are, and we're we're going through a pretty good patch at the moment um, over three games. But we've got to keep that going because we play the Argentinians again this week. We then go to Japan to play Japan. Then we go to Northern Europe, where we'll be tested against Scotland, England, and Wales. Now, if we can really keep improving our game, we could uh, we could put together a few a few more wins, which we're expected. Yeah, yeah. Not, not 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 hope for it should be expected, Ross. Well, you know, as a as a rugby fan for for my entire life, you know, it's been it's been a tough road. But, um, I'm definitely not naive to the the success, and you know, hosting Dave Rennie and Dan McKellar at lunch uh, with the TDRU with yourself uh, on Friday really gave a, a very clear focus on those guys' dedication to um, you know, it's yes, we've won a couple of games, but that's not what we're here for, and 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 there was there, that was very clearly articulated to the the group of people listening to them on Friday. It's about consistency of excellence. That's what it's got to be. I mean, we're not, no one ever wins all their games at this level because, as you know, there's one percenters that, that, that come into, into games. And we saw that with the, uh, the Springboks versus the All Blacks on Saturday in the, in the, in the lead-up to the, the Wallabies-Argentina game. South Africa arguably with a better side on the night and yet got pipped you know, with, with three minutes to go by the All Blacks. Now, that's just that's the nature of the beast. But we are still, as, as Dave Rennie and Dan McKellar talked about, uh, last Friday at the lunch you, you referenced, Ross. They, you know, the, our team has still got an enormous improvement and enormous goals set out in front of them. So, you know, we've just got to keep keep working towards that. Yeah, and and you know, a former Wallaby yourself, David, you're not you're not st- talking out of school here because you were part of very very successful teams and and teams that did a lot and 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 you know teams that also felt that 
adversity as well. But, you know, as a young guy starting out, um, if we can sort of bring it back, I guess, to the regional Townsville thing here, you know, you started your, your days down at Orange City there and, and you know, country New South Wales mm-hmm. uh, for the Argentinians, where they're here in 83. They also played in Townsville, the, the famous Hugo Porter side as they, mm-hmm. they traveled through mm-hmm. and, and then on to uh, New South Wales. And of course, the Wallabies, you debuted against them um, in 83. But, you know, is, is there something we should be thinking about, about better harnessing this North Queensland talent, pushing them through and those and those pathways is there any advice you can sort of give to us as a regional center about you know we've created this momentum now like how do we how do we capitalize that as a city i think in a from a general in a general sense ross i think we're looking at from a rugby australia strategic perspective we're looking at the pathways system in inverted commas as it is now and um is it ideal and fit for purpose um maybe it needs some some tweaking. So there's a lot of discussion going on and, and analysis going on around that. And I think Townsville is a, is an interesting microcosm of what is a potential model that might work a slightly different pathways model. But again, it's not for me to say this is what we're going to do yet, but we are certainly exploring. And as I said earlier in, in, in our chat today, there's some very earnest discussions going on within the various levels at Rugby Australia with a view to just seeing if there's some things we can uh, we can engage with, and I think Townsville's a you know a wonderful opportunity, along with our our, our friends at uh, at Queensland Rugby and the Reds, because it's obviously Townsville happens to be. And I know I know sometimes uh, Townsvillians think they're not part of Queensland because they're a little <laughs> bit removed up up north, Ross. But uh, we we are in the one state, and we just want to make sure that everyone understands what we're trying to achieve if we if we bring in new initiatives. Oh no, and I think you, you know. Broadly speaking, I mean, we were so excited to get the Reefs Reds play the Chiefs here uh, earlier in the year, and I, I think we articulated at the lunch that the Reds have got a 100% win-loss ratio uh, <laughs> in Townsville. So uh, we're very conscious and 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 want them back as uh, as often as possible too, if they want to keep that perfect record alive. Well, the Wallabies have got a pretty good uh, win rate in Townsville as well. So I mean, and and it's funny, coaches, even though they would say coaches at any level say, "Look, no, I don't really pay attention to that." I'm sure they do, Ross. <laughs> well, I mean, and, and uh, I, I'll actually have to correctly articulate that. Then I'll, I'll have to add that to my list when I'm next talking. That yeah, Queensland <laughs> and Australia have 100% win ratios at Queensland Country Bank and Stadium uh, and Townsville. So I think it's a I think it's a very very important point to keep to keep uh, keep alive. So. But um, look, David. I, I mean, second time in Townsville. You're, you're an incredibly generous man with your time and uh, and with your work you do with Australian rugby. And on behalf of Townsville Chamber and and obviously the TDRU. And I know you've been talking closely to Gary Lewis and the and the guys over there. Thanks again for for contributing and giving us some insight. Uh, but also thanks again for visiting our our beautiful city. Well, thank you, Ross. But I'd like to thank you know yourself and, and and all the passionate supporters of rugby and of Townsville. I mean, it's it was just it was such a positive experience, and um, and and it's easy to put those things to one side. But I I, I don't think people will. The, the buzz I was at the Wallaby camp yesterday, uh, back down obviously down on the Gold Coast, and they were just talking about what a wonderful experience it was up there. Just really really positive, completely unprompted. So I think you know you shouldn't be thanking me. We should be thanking everyone involved with Australian rugby. Should be thanking Townsville for embracing so warmly and, and making it such a such a wonderful experience. And again, we've got to see how we can leverage off that. No, fantastic. And yeah, all the best this weekend. Um, hopefully all, all goes well and, and then into Japan and uh, on to Europe. It's, uh, it's an exciting time. Thanks, Ross. And thanks for the opportunity to, to have a chat. Good on you. Thanks, David. All the best. We appreciate you tuning in to the Townsville Chambercast. Subscribe and follow to receive Chambercast updates for your morning commute every second Friday. Thanks for listening. 
And remember to think, support, celebrate and go local. This podcast is proudly funded by the Australian and Queensland governments through the Disaster Recovery Funding Arrangements. We would also like to thank our show partner, Adits, for making this podcast possible. Adits are your local IT provider with one purpose, to implement effective technology solutions which empower their customers to achieve their mission. You can find out more about how they can support you and your business over on their website, adits.com.au. A-D-I-T-S dot com dot A-U.